As COVID numbers continue to drop, there's hope in the air. Cities are lowering restrictions. Baseball stadiums are anticipating fans in the seats. And Disneyland is planning a comeback. The end of a pandemic might be around the corner. That's good news. With vaccines rolling out all over North America, one question was how they would respond to the COVID variants. Good news, different reports tell us they're effective. More good news. The CDC has found evidence that the vaccines might reduce transmission, not just contraction. Cases going down and many looking ahead to the next few months. Maybe we'll get some normalcy back. And even though theme parks will have limited numbers and we might see less fans at MLB games, it does feel like hope is in the air, even with spring still a couple of weeks away. Good news, something Christians know a lot about. We long for a better day, and in Jesus Christ, that day is coming soon. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing with you the great story that's all about Jesus. Here we are on a Wednesday continuing in a series called Times That Changed the World. The famous evangelist, John Wesley, wrote something very intriguing in his diary as he left America to return to England in 1736. He had gone to America to share the gospel. But it was he who ended up meeting Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And God used Moravian missionaries to bring him to true and lasting faith. Who were these Moravians? These missionaries who were active long before the great missionary movements by Baptists and Methodists and Presbyterians. In our time together in these next few minutes, we're going to look a bit at their history and how the Lord used them in the Great Awakening, another world-changing event in Christian history. After the program, I want to give you an opportunity to support this ministry by offering you a special gift for your gift. If Haven Today is a regular blessing in your life, would you pray about being a blessing to us? We're supported 100% by friends like you. But as a thanks for your generosity, I'd like to send you the new documentary called Puritan, All of Life to the Glory of God. This feature film shows how the kingdom of God was growing even in the face of persecution back in the 17th century and how God used sinners saved by grace to proclaim the good news in a powerful way. It's a God-entranced heart and a God-entranced stomach and a God-entranced ears and eyes and all of life and experience is God-entranced. And they saw this is the joy and good news we're made for, and therefore this is truth worth living and worth dying for. Puritan. All of Life to the Glory of God. It's a powerful double DVD set that I think you'll be blessed to have. You just need to call us after the program and make your gift at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website and watch an extended trailer for Puritan, and you can make your gift online at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And if you're still one of the few who hasn't read Dane Ortland's gentle and lowly book about the heart of Jesus, we still have both the hardback and the audio book for your gift as well. Now let's get started. He grew up in East Texas. That's where he still lives. Bart Millard opens this haven today. 
Brethren, we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God. Will you pray with all your power while we try to preach the We Have Met to Worship by Bart Millard, a hymn that he has sung in a new version for us here on Haven Today on a program called Times That Changed the World. I'm Charles Morris. Join me on board a ship bound for England from America. The date was January 25th, 1736. The English is a little dated, but I think you can capture the meaning. The words are from John Wesley, the founder of Methodism 
recorded in his famous diary we still have today. He was observing Moravian missionaries, calling them Germans, in what I'll read, in the midst of life-threatening storms. I'll only modernize a few of John Wesley's words. At seven, I went to the Germans or Moravians. I had long before observed the great seriousness of their behavior, of their humility. They had given a continual proof by performing simple acts of ministry to the other passengers, which none of the English would undertake, for which they desired, and would receive no pay, saying, It was good for their proud hearts, and their loving Savior had done more for them. And every day had given them occasion of showing a meekness which no injury could move. If they were pushed, struck, or thrown down, they rose again and went away, but no complaint was found in their mouth. There was now an opportunity of trying whether they were delivered from the spirit of fear, as well as from that of pride, anger, and revenge. In the midst of the psalm wherewith their service began, the sea broke over, split the mainsail in pieces, covered the ship, and poured in between the decks, as if the great deep had already swallowed us up. A terrible screaming began among the English. The Germans calmly sang on. I asked one of them afterwards, Were you not afraid? He answered, I thank God, no. I asked, But were not your women and children afraid? And he replied mildly, No, our women and children are not afraid to die. From them I went to their crying, trembling neighbors, and pointed out to them the difference in the hour of trial between him that feareth God and him that feareth God not. At twelve the wind fell, This was the most glorious day which I have hitherto seen. A diary entry from John Wesley, traveling home to England from America in 1736. He took that trip to do good works for his Lord. But it was the return trip on a ship that almost sank when John Wesley finally met the Lord and Jesus Christ became his Lord and Savior. That trip, meeting those Moravian missionaries, was what the Spirit used to call him to true faith. Who were these Moravians, these missionaries who were active long before any great missionary movement out of England or America or Canada or Korea, long before the great missionary movements by Baptists and Methodists and Presbyterians? John Wesley arrived back home. He was not only saved, but he was intrigued by this group he called the Germans in his diary. He got on another ship and crossed the English Channel. He crossed through France and on into what is modern Germany to a little place in eastern Germany in the region of Saxony, a 45-minute drive today from modern-day Dresden, not far from the Czechoslovakian border. What he found amazed him. There was a land called Moravia, but that was not where these Moravians lived. Their homeland was more to the east, where they were greatly persecuted for their Christian faith. In what is now a village named Hernhut, there was a German nobleman, a Lutheran, who had his own encounter with the risen Lord. He was on fire for his Savior. He had money. He had land. But most important, he was a man of prayer who asked his Savior how he could use his influence for the work of the kingdom. And then he heard of these beset Moravians, He made contact with them. They were persecuted and dying for their faith. He offered them a way out. Come, 
Come all of you who know my Jesus, and I will give you sanctuary at my estate called Hernhut. Come and worship with me, the God we love. And so they came. They built a church. They worked the land. And praying together, there was a great outpouring of the Spirit. They took seriously Paul's injunction to pray without ceasing. And when John Wesley arrived, he found something even more remarkable. He was used to meetings for prayer. They prayed as he led a movement back at Oxford. There were meetings of prayer all over London, all over England, but nothing like this. Wesley arrived at Hernhut, and it found him in the middle of a 24-hour-a-day prayer meeting. But not just that. This was a continuous prayer meeting that never stopped for a hundred years. And led by the Lord, coming out of that prayer meeting, the Moravians, led by Count Zinzendorf, took seriously the passage I quoted yesterday, some of the final words Jesus spoke before his ascension, the end of Matthew 28. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There from Hernhut, the Moravians launched what would become the modern-day missionary movement. Their missionaries were commissioned to go with no thought of ever returning. They shared their Jesus, and revival fires were lit wherever they went. They left planning to die for their Savior. They were no respecter of person. Their skin color was white, but color of skin failed to matter. Some of them even sailed and landed in the Caribbean, where African slaves were kept to work plantations. They even gave, not sold, themselves into slavery, so they could live and work among the Africans and share their faith. It would be, well, over a hundred years later when other missionaries like Hudson Taylor would sail to serve and evangelize in China. It was Taylor who had found the great China Inland Mission, whose missionaries sailed with their coffins expecting to die and never return home. The modern-day missionary movement owes its beginning to these Moravians and their prayer meeting that never ceased for a hundred years. Probably the greatest evangelist to come out of the Great Awakening, George Whitfield, arrived to greet and stay with a group of Moravian missionaries in what is now northern Pennsylvania, near the New Jersey border. It was Christmas Eve, and they were discussing what they should call the place where they were living. It was the mighty preacher Whitfield who suggested, as it was Christmas Eve, why not call your town north of Philadelphia Bethlehem? in honor of your Jesus, born on Christmas Day. And so to this day, the city is still Bethlehem. I'll never forget spending a few hours in the Moravian Cemetery there in Bethlehem. As members of the kingdom of God, foremost and first, they buried the dead in sequence of dying. No distinction of earthly family. It was a Christian historian who recommended I spend time there, walking through this graveyard. He had sent me, telling me to look for one special grave. In early America, the native population, the Indians, were considered a lower caste, but not so for the Moravian missionaries. They shared their faith with one and all alike. So I found this grave. It was that of a Native American, buried alongside, in the order of his death, the German Moravians who had died before and died after him. This 
Native American had met Jesus, and he was the Native American for whom the famous author James Fenimore Cooper wrote his well-known novel, The Last of the Mohicans. If ever I had wished to live in an earlier time, it would have been with these Moravians and to have taken part in a prayer meeting that lasted a hundred years. How could we not make mention this week, looking back at great movements, great moments in Christian history, not take notice of the Moravians led by Count Zinzendorf? He not only provided a safe home at Hernhut, he poured out all he had, his very life and all his money, so that God could use this missionary movement that would spawn continuing ripples of missionary movements taking the gospel of Jesus to others around the world. They carried through what began when Jesus returned to heaven. Acts 1. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. This is our history that we followers of Christ continue and take forward today in the Middle East, in Asia, everywhere. The kingdom of God continues to grow. Our Lord Jesus is coming, but is still not yet ready for his return. And until then, we have our course set before us. God reigns, and I pray he's reigning in your heart today, just like with Count Zinzendorf and the Moravians. Friends of mine, the husband is a Presbyterian pastor in California first met. You might describe this couple as hippies when they first met as students at Moravian College in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. But it wasn't the Moravians. It was a missionary in the footsteps of the Moravians, a worker with Campus Crusade crew who led them to lasting faith in Christ and a lifetime of Christ-honoring ministry. They haven't forgotten their Christian history. At the front door of their home in Fallbrook, California, there is a little sign, and the sign reads, Hernhut, so they will never forget the Lord's leading them in the footsteps of those who went before them to share Jesus with others. Deliver us from evil, Lord. We sojourn in a broken world Though evil hands give rise to war Remind us this is not our home We look to you, we look to you Sovereign King of all the earth We look to you
devour. With trembling hearts we hear His roar, but Your strong arm will crush His power. We look to You. We Sovereign Grace Music, and we look to you here on Haven Today, part of a series called Times That Changed the World. Earlier in the program, we heard some excerpts from the new documentary called Puritan, All of Life to the Glory of God. The era that the Puritans lived in was definitely one of those times that changed the world, but so many of us don't really know who those Puritans were. In fact, many believe they were dark and terrible people, and honestly, some were rascals. But when you watch this new feature film, you'll see that most of them loved Jesus and lived for his glory. Puritanism was part of the Reformation. To be a Puritan, you were swimming against the tide. And the Puritans were ruthless in their determination to remove everything that God was not pleased to have there. They had a revolutionary, more biblical view of what it means to be a Christian. Bunyan was a layman, but he used to gather congregations of four figures when he would be preaching to something like 3,000 people um, at six o'clock in the morning. And the Christian life was so beautiful, as he described it, so rich. I wanted to live like that, and I wanted to preach uh, like that too. We have too much of empty motivational preaching which is just saying we can do it. We can all do it. Come on, let's do it. There's no depth. We're, we're so far from the depth of the Puritans' commitment to the Word of God. That is the great, great gift they gave to us. In a secular age, it's hard to remember that there was a time when people were theologically driven. So as I understand who God is, I begin to see who I am. They were such utterly serious and joyful Christians. They knew that there was nothing in grace that coddled sin. They understood the necessity of the truths of theology to take root in their heart and in their life. If we had that view, we wouldn't need all of the other books that tell us to look inside ourselves to find the answers because we would know that this comes from God and God alone. They understood that God is everywhere and that everything concerns him and that he sees everything and that consequently the biggest problem in life is God if you are not right with him. Do you want someone to attend to the care of your soul? Then you're going to want to get to know the Puritans. Would you make your gift to this ministry and we'll send you this double DVD set that includes the two-hour documentary 
along with a bonus DV with many extras and a digital download. Here's the number you can call right now. 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go over to our website and watch an extended trailer for Puritan. See why you'll like it. And then you can make your gift and ask for it at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And just before we have to go, let me remind you that we still have Day Nortland's Gentle and Lowly in either the hardback book or audiobook for your gift as well. This book will help you better understand the gentle and lowly heart of Jesus. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we'll continue our series on a program that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. your encouragement and your walk with Jesus. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. King David wore many hats in his life. He was a poet, a composer of so many of the psalms we find in our Bible today. He was a son, a father, a brother. He was also a shepherd. He knew what it means to take care of his flock, to protect them from danger. So when he said, the Lord is my shepherd, we know he knows what that means. Later in John 10, 11, Jesus took that title to himself. I am the good shepherd, he said. I lay down my life for the sheep. The flock is weak. The shepherd is brave. The evil one seeks to devour. The shepherd lays his own life down to save us. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.